Hi, and welcome to From a Full Cup. I'm your host, Natalie Mullen, a certified wellness educator, speaker, facilitator, and teacher. From a Full Cup is a mental wellness education podcast that helps women prioritize their wellness and put themselves first because you can't pour from an empty cup. I present unique wellness tips and strategies in ways that are relatable and practical and can be adopted for your lifestyle. Whether I'm speaking at an event, facilitating a workshop, or coaching clients, I'm passionate about helping women dream big, take action, and move the needle forward to achieve the life they want. Now, let's get started. Hi, everyone, and (laughs) welcome to another episode of From a Full Cup. I am so excited to have with me JJ DiGeronimo. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast, and I just love the way you approach life. Oh, thank you so much. JJ, I want you to introduce yourself to the listeners in your own words, and then we'll get started. Well, I'm a woman that's been on a journey, as most women have. I was really called to kind of share the challenges I was going through as a woman. So I am a gatherer of women that are 5, 10, 15 years ahead of me, and I collect the wisdom, collect the stories, collect the advice, and... Little did I know I'd be sharing them in books. Okay. Wow. What an interesting introduction. Because you said so many words, gatherer, being on a journey. I definitely want to dig into that. And I want to start with your backstory. How did you come to be in the line of work that you're in right now? When I first left my technology career, I already had a book under my belt. I was planning to write my second. I was speaking at a ton of women's events around the world. And, you know, when I decided to move into doing this work full time, it took me a long time to figure out who I was because I had always defined myself by my title, my salary, the company I worked for, the last trip I went on, the last award I won. And it was hard. I truly believe I was depressed. And I ended up in a therapist's office being like, I have no joy. I don't know why I don't have any joy. And she really ushered me on to a mindfulness class, which as I share often like that, it was ridiculous. I really was feeling like I was at my wits end. And this woman says, quote, of mindfulness. I was like, I need a serious solution, you know? And so, you know, it took me a while to really understand what mindfulness was and how to be a mindful being. Uh, So that really was the beginning of the journey that brought me to this point, because once I figured out how to really live in the present moment, how to think about my energy level, my frequency, and I didn't really have true gratitude, things really shifted for me. But that was like an eight-year process. It was not eight months or eight minutes. You know, I'm really glad that you talked about it being an eight-year process because I think so many times in life, we want everything fast, right? Just like the microwave, we want to put it in. Even for myself, yesterday, I put something in the microwave for It was supposed to be for two minutes. And at a minute and 30, I was like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to take it out. And of course, it wasn't perfectly hot. And I only like super hot food. (laughs) So I had to put it back in for that 30 seconds. But I think that's almost a metaphor for life. We just want things really clear. We want the answers quickly. We want to know the direction we're going in. We want to know it all quickly. But sometimes we have to let things unfold. And sometimes we have to go through so many different pieces of the journey for the journey to even make sense in the long run. So eight years, like that is a long commitment, but I'm so glad that at the end of that eight year mark, you feel like you got to a point now when you look back, this is why all of those pieces were kind of, you know, lining up the way that they were. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. It takes a long time and I'm still on the journey. It's not like I'm done by any means. Yeah, definitely. It's, and I think that's a great idea to have a lifelong journey and it just shows a growth mindset, right? What was one um, major challenge that you had to overcome in this journey? Oh my goodness. How I talked to myself how I supported myself. You know, Brene Brown talks about it all the time, right? That self-talk, you know, the subtitle in my book is like not only raising your energy, but sidestepping your self-doubt. We have to find tools and techniques to work around it. And that still takes me time. I mean, anytime I start something new, anytime I'm getting up on the stage to speak, anytime I'm hosting a retreat, like I'm always like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm going to fail. This is going to be horrible. People aren't going to like it. Like I have those voices and I feel like that has been the biggest lesson for me is learning how to work around those thoughts so that I can really align more with kind of a loving conversation with myself, which is not easy. I mean, it's an hour by hour situation over here. Well, that's very honest. And I think honesty is a great place to start. But I think also in that honesty, you talk about the effort that you are making. So you recognize that you're not always maybe talking the most positive to yourself, or you don't always have self-talk that aligns with what you want to do. But then you're asking yourself, how can I change my talk? How can I reframe those thoughts? How can I start telling myself things that do align with actions that I'm taking and the things that I am doing? How can I start telling myself that truth? Yeah. And so mindfulness has been a super fantastic tool. And, you know, I studied mindfulness from uh, a teacher that studied under John Kabat-Zinn. And so being in the present moment, you can recognize the stories you're telling yourself, how you're talking to yourself, how you're talking about others, you know, what opinions you have. And through those years, I had to train myself to kind of really sidestep the negative and focus on the positive. And I hear it in so many books, like, oh, be positive, be positive. Honestly, you have to train yourself to find good in everything. And, um, you know, my son just broke his knee uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was like, oh, da, da. and I'm like, you know, it's a great lesson about how awesome your legs are. It's fantastic that he didn't bust up his meniscus or his ACL, you know, it's making him slow down to appreciate what is working for him. I just, I really do try to find gratitude and, you know, what did it prevent him from that weekend or the week ahead? You know, I really do believe there's a bigger plan for you and that if you can really focus on having gratitude for the small things and not always wait for the big things, you really can shift your energy and light uh, to shine more brightly because you know, you get what you give, you, you align to the energy you are. And if you're always like, oh, ah, ye, can't, that's the energy you're going to get back. No, definitely. And actually, as we talk about energy, I want you to tell me what do you define energy as? Because there's kind of two different ways of th thinking about energy. Sometimes we're thinking about, okay, someone says, I just don't have energy today. I don't have enthusiasm. I don't have lots of life within me. But then there's a different kind of energy, which is almost talking about a force or like almost like from a spiritual side. So when you hear the word energy and you think of the word energy, how do you define that for yourself? That's a great question. A great question. You know, I think of energy like radio stations, you know, the FM radio is frequency modulation. So I think like, am I at 92.7? Am I at an 88.4? Am I at a 97.3? Or am I at a 102? Because 
if I'm doing a lot of things through my day that are draining me, it's very possible my energy is a representation of my choices. And so I have stuff in the day I don't like to do for sure. We all do, but I get to choose what I want to focus on. I get to choose the conversations I'm going to be in. I get to choose like how I'm going to view I move through life. And with that, I've been able to essentially shift my outer world conversations, the experiences, the invitations that I get, the platforms in, in, and like panels I get invited to. As I spend more and more time working on raising my radio station, raising my frequency, I get like frequency back. Like you attract what you're at and where you're at. And like you, if you don't like what you're seeing, if you don't like what you're doing, you can raise your energy by how you talk to yourself, how you talk about other people, what you watch, what you read, what you listen to, and sometimes what you eat. I was just going to ask about that. What is a way that we can raise our energy? But I'll, I'll come back to that in a second because I want to know, you know, energy is one of those most precious resources that we have. And when we get depleted of our energy, it's hard to bounce back from that. We have to be intentional about raising our energy. So what do you commonly see is draining people's energy? Because I don't think that sometimes people are aware. Not everybody's doing that check-in to realize that they feel drained, that they feel depleted. So if you can give us some ideas that the listeners would be able to say, oh, that's what might be draining my energy. I created a chart when I was working on my first book that I have a six column chart and I'll give it to you and you can share it with your listeners uh, for free. It's just a six column chart. It's like, write down all the things you're committed to, write down who has asked you to do it, then write down, does it align to where you are or where you want to go? Like, where are you in your journey? Fourth column is energy. Does it give you good energy? Because when I was swimming in the mud puddle, I was in the wrong job. I was talking to people that also were in the mud puddle with me. I was aggravated about everything. And I really had to start like inventorying my life, not only my internal conversations, but the things I said yes to, because I was on a mission to get out of that mud puddle. And I knew I was the only person that could make that happen. Okay. Yeah. I love having those different columns. And I think it's so important because this gives you a starting point, right? And you can then put everything thing on paper. And I think when you have things on paper, it allows for clarity of mind. You can stare at it. You can assess it. You can see where do I need to make changes? Where do I need to make shifts? And so much happens, even with my coaching clients, so much happens when they just put things on paper, when they have to confront those words and they're like, whoa, I didn't realize. So that is great. And what is a way then once you have that information and you see the different tasks that you're doing that are draining your energy, how can we raise our energy? I think the easiest thing that I do is, which is as simple as it gets, is I literally either look out the window or if I have the opportunity to go outside, I go outside, don't take my phone. Sometimes I take my dog and I sit outside and I just notice, like notice 20 things. And just as we were talking, a hummingbird just came by my window uh, and just notice 20 things. And it couldn't be just things you see. It could be things you smell, hear, you know, maybe even taste. And I think many of us, Getting in the moment, really being in the moment is like the greatest gift you can give yourself, but it takes a lot of practice. And so just having moments where you're in the moment is awesome because I've had many, many women's nights that I look forward to doing, but when I was in it, I was 
planning a presentation. I was having a discussion with my boss. I was figuring out what I was going to say to my kids or my husband, or I was reflecting on what had already happened that day. And so even though I was looking forward to that woman's night out or that night, you know, that I was going to go away or whatever, because I was so busy striving and driving or reflecting and analyzing that I didn't really wasn't in the moment. And so I think the greatest thing you can do for yourself is practice being in the moment. There is something to be said about just slowing down and uh, giving yourself that space. Even sometimes you might have to stop doing something. You have to have space to notice what is happening around you. And if you're busy doing, doing, you won't realize what's happening. And so, JJ, I know you're an author of many books, but I want to talk about your most recent book. Can you tell the listeners the title of the book, what it's about, and why you felt inspired to write it? So my... My third book is Seeking, and Seeking is really an inside job because uh, my first book was The Working Woman's GPS, where it was about a working women that have young kids and still trying to keep their goals and life intact, which is, you know, everyone knows that if they have kids or they have nieces and nephews, it's very difficult. My second book is the difference of working in your career and on your career, because there is a significant difference. I didn't know why all women were, so many women were in middle management. Uh, and so Accelerate Your Impact is really about building that second plan. So you do great in your job, but like you have to work on your career. And there's very specific steps to get to those board seats and executive positions. And the third book, Seeking, is really the backbone is my journey after you achieve so many things, but you're still not feeling satisfied or joyful or aligned. And Seeking is all the kind of things I've had to dig into, like my relationship with money. I, you know the relationship with, within my relationships, my flag of perfectionism, you know, how I really had so much guilt and so many of my decisions because of my family. And I feel like it's so many of the topics that I've heard over the last 10 years working with women that are holding them on the sidelines from not leaning into what is really calling them. No, I love that. And you said two words that are very important to me, joy and alignment. These are core values for me. And I think it's so important for us to be able to assess everything that we're doing and hold it up to some kind of measure. Otherwise, we just kind of go through life and we're on the hamster wheel. And we're not even quite taking account of what's happening. And you feel that great sense of uh, disappointment or almost like you're not fulfilling your purpose. You're not, you're not doing what you were supposed to be doing. And I think uh, nobody wants to live that way, right? You feel empty or you you just feel like you haven't reached your maximum potential. And I think humans, we were created to want to strive for more. We naturally have it within us. And so we have to see what's in alignment for us so that we know where is it that we're headed and what's the vision we want for ourselves, for our lives. And, you know, you have a concept in your book about releasing stories within. What do you mean by that? Oh, gosh. Well, we all carry stories. So it's, you know, stories that we gathered at two and four and six and 10 and 12 years old that are still revisiting us. You know, somebody might have said like, perfect example, you know, I am dyslexic. So of course, a lot of my English based stories in English class were, you're not, you're not very good at English. Oh, you don't know sentence structure. So the thought of writing my first book, all of those came back. All of those came back. And I sat on it for a little bit because I was like, well, I'm not a good writer and I got D's on my papers and how could I possibly write a book? But the universe has a crazy way of like interweaving people and ideas and stories and just experiences your way that gave me kind of a framework of people to work with to make it happen. And so 
I feel like a lot of women that I talk to that are tapped on the shoulder to move to the next position or have a business idea or want to do something off the side of their desk, often it's the stories that are holding us back. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny is that releasing your story actually allows you to tap into your power. A lot of times, a lot of the times the stories that you don't want to share or the stories that you don't even want to recount the stories that you went through that you're embarrassed by, there is so much power that if you could own those experiences, own those stories and share them from a place of power, that right there is your key and your ticket into fulfilling your purpose and into serving others. I 100% believe that. So I think it's really important to unlock those stories and, and, and dig deep because sometimes we don't sit and we forget and sometimes we forget to dream too. And stories are a part of dreams too, right? It's really important to, to tap into them for sure. Before we close, on this show, one of the primary aims is to encourage women to prioritize their well-being, to pour back into themselves, to honor their needs, and just to have open conversations about their wellness journeys. So for myself as a wellness coach who supports women professionals and entrepreneurs, I see so many women who are going through wellness challenges and they feel like they're alone. And it's not true. Uh, we are all going through challenges, but sometimes we keep things to ourselves and we don't talk about it. But I'd like to ask you, have you ever experienced a challenge that has impacted your well-being, whether as a professional or as an entrepreneur? And if so, what is one strategy that has helped you? Well, I think disease is dis-ease, right? Just like um, from uh, Louise Hayes, right? Heal yourself. And so I see this in so many people and I see it myself, you know, we store energy in our bodies and we have tactics to work through that energy. And I actually work with a lot of energy practitioners. In fact, Seeking has 50 energy practitioners I work with, and I've probably worked with 50 more since I wrote the book. And I just love working with ancient practices. Even today, I've been to acupuncture this week. I've done a cold plunge. So I feel like there's just many, many things you can do to take care of yourself that can be right out your back door. You don't have to go sit on a hill to take care of yourself, you know, somewhere. You can just walk your block or go to a practice. Or if you're not into yoga, which I'm really not, you know, you could do Pilates or you could do strength training or you can do TRX bands or you can just go for walks with your friends instead of going for wine. I mean, there's plenty of things you can do to take care of yourself, but I will share with you that. If you're working all the time and you're working for everybody else and you're not taking care of yourself, it will catch up to you. Yeah, that's that's the honest, cold truth. And it's so true that when we are pursuing our own well-being and maintaining our own well-being, you have to find what works for you, right? You can't just do what somebody else did. Just like how you don't like yoga, neither do I. And the listeners are very well aware of that. So you've got to find things that are going to fulfill you, that are going to bring you joy and that you are going to feel better about. And so I think, again, that self-awareness to know these are the needs I have and these are the resources and tools that I can use to be able to pour back into myself. Those things are so important. And JJ, it's just been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Please tell the listeners, how can they learn more about you, more about your books and what you offer? Well, thanks so much. And I'd just like to add, you know, I've turned my phone into a learning device. So I listen to audibles. I'm always listening to books. I listen to YouTube. I do all my meditations from my phone. So all of us have like, honestly, a school right here that we can do anything we want with. We can learn anything. We can talk to anybody. And we can find that sacred space for ourselves to really just 
dive in. Uh, and you can find me because I'm always posting what I'm doing. I'm sharing many energy practitioners that I work with on most of my social platforms, which are JJ D. Geronimo. But if you're interested in the book, and I would say check out the reviews because all the reviews are people that have read the book and they're doing amazing things. They're leaping into just things that they've been sitting on the sidelines for. You can look up Seeking, but don't do it alone because then you're going to end up on some like dating site. So Seeking, JJ, and 74, and you'll find it on Amazon. All right, Seeking JJ74. And that link will be in the show notes, as will all of the links to uh, JJ's social media and her website. JJ, this has been such a great conversation. And for the listeners out there, please go check out JJ and check out all three of her books because they they cover different angles, but they all sound so very interesting. So I can't wait to dig in and read them myself. And until next time, everyone, continue to serve yourself, your loved ones, and your community from A Full Cup.